Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, the deadline to sign up for Pennsylvania State Police Troop In Law and Leadership Academy is fast approaching. We'll have the details. There's a big road rally that's wrapping up this weekend in South Carolina. It passed through our area, and they're raising money for Best Friends Animal Society. We'll also meet the camp director of the second oldest Girl Scout camp, and it's right in our area, Camp Archbald in Kingsley. Special Edition is beginning this week with an Odyssey Mental Wellness Initiative. Dr. Christine Moutier, Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, is in conversation with Riggs, morning host at Odyssey Station, 103.7 KISS FM in Milwaukee. They're talking about the new 988 number to call for help for any type of mental health or suicide-related crisis. Welcome to an Odyssey Mental Wellness Initiative. It's I'm Listening because talk has the power to save lives. My name is Andy Riggs, and I'm very happy to be joined today by the Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, Dr. Christine Moutier. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you, Riggs, for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. How do you feel the overall mental health state of America is? Like, how are we? I know we've had a lot of conversations about mental health, but are we improving with our mental health, do you feel like, overall? You know, I feel like it, it, of course, depends on who you talk to. And there are people who are struggling. Absolutely. There are also a lot of people who have found new ways to thrive and cope because of the experiences of sort of being able to dialogue about it like never before. You know, some of the experiences might have been new or they might have been, you know, worsening of their pre-existing depression or anxiety. But and I actually just had the opportunity to review the CDC's household pulse survey, which has been throughout the pandemic, kind of taking the pulse of mental health experiences of like average Americans, all different demographics, geography, age groups. And um, it looks to me like there is a sort of steady state going on overall. But again, it really depends on who you talk to. And there are families, there are young people, there are middle-aged people who are 100% struggling. And again, trying to access mental health care, sometimes connecting with that and sometimes not being able to do that. So there's a, there's a lot of things going on for sure. There's a lot of talk about mental health. We have celebrities speaking out. We have athletes speaking out. We have you know newscasters and media people speaking out. Do you think that's also helping with people to reach out for help? Absolutely. Dialogue and disclosure about our true, authentic experiences as human beings, which includes our mental health. You know, remember, we all have mental health. Sometimes we're struggling. Some of us have mental health conditions, but we all have mental health. So talking about it and those examples, those role models and people who are doing that, I view it as um, having been someone who's done that myself over time. It's actually very freeing because what happens is other people people connect with you and you have a sense of like your relationships deepen, you get to be freed up and much more authentic and receive support and and find new pathways. Otherwise, until that happens, there's a sort of a stuckness that can happen with our mental health. What's a good way to get out of those ruts that a lot of us find ourselves in? I think that is an awesome topic because when you are struggling 
your brain is not working optimally. You are not feeling your best. Oftentimes we have our own sort of self sense of stigma that keeps us sort of stuck and keeps us silent. But what I would say is I would say to anybody who is struggling, think of one person that you view as a safe, trusted person in your life where you at least have a sense that that they're going to understand or if not understand, just not judge. And I would start with that person on the receiving end of things. There's some there's some kind of lessons learned here as well. If someone in your life starts to kind of hint at stuff they're going through, they might just be in a way kind of testing you out to see if you are a person who can be supportive and trustworthy and handle a conversation where you actually show interest in wanting to learn more about what it is they're experiencing. Talk really does have the power to save lives. That's why we're here today. It's Odyssey's Mental Wellness Initiative. I'm listening, and I'm here with Dr. Christine Moutier, the Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Let's talk about the 988 number that has just gone into place. A lot of people may not know about it, but previously we had a longer number, 1-800-273-TALK, 8255. It was just a lot. And I think for a while, we kind of advocated to get a shorter number, almost a 911 for the brain. And that's what we have. What is 988? What does this mean? 988 is the new three-digit number for any type of mental health or suicide-related crisis. And that includes substance abuse crisis as well. So really anything that is impacting the way you are thinking, feeling, functioning, that may be related to stress, depression, anxiety, trauma, I mean, it is a wide open field. So, and as you pointed out, it's not just the person who's struggling that can use this 988 number. It is the people in their lives, the people who are trying to help um, someone they're worried about can get a lot of guidance by calling 988. I want to make one point. 988 is like the 911 for the brain, for mental health, whereas 911 is being used for you know medical emergencies that are mostly physical health. The biggest difference that I think is important to realize is that 911 is a, a really important resource in our nation. It is a dispatch center. So it's not that the person who is having chest pain, you know, is going to get medical treatment from the 911 operator, but with 988, the call itself is with a trained professional. And so there is an intervention. There's a therapeutic experience that happens just by calling 988. In the rare instance that that call needs to lead on to other referrals and other actions, that can happen too. But in the large majority of cases, 988 is the therapeutic experience. And this is for texting as well. I'm assuming I'm, I've heard that you can text as well, and it's kind of linked with the crisis text line. Yes, you can call or text or chat uh, with 988 from any part of, of the United States. What did your role at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention play in getting the 988 number to come to fruition this year? I think we took a lead in the advocacy space um, at the national level and then in coalition with many other important organizations as well to to really help Congress understand that mental health is is critically important for our nation. It is the case that AFSP is not the organization that runs the Lifeline or 988. That is a colleague organization called Vibrant Emotional Health that does that. And a number of us in the space are able to advocate you know, for what the nation needs. So it is a really exciting time. And, and again, it's not just that it's a more memorable three-digit number, but it is also this incredible opportunity to really reimagine and transform our nation's crisis response system. But again, it's that there can be new funding sources now at the state level to build that infrastructure for a more appropriate person-centered mental health professionals in lieu of a primary law enforcement response that was built out of, you know, sort of almost by happenstance in the past, we need to move away from that. We need trained mental health clinicians to be responding to mental health crises. Right. The uh, 988 number, these numbers are routed locally first, I might understand. They go to local call centers first, which whatever state you happen to be in, be it New York, California, Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois. And then those numbers then overflow if someone in your in your immediate state is not able to answer 
How important is it to make sure that we get the funding that we need for this new 988 number? It is essential. We see that the volume of calls have been going up over the last decade or so pre-launch of 988. So each crisis center at the county or state level is sort of funded in different ways. And we need to step it up as a nation. If we're really going to prioritize mental health, we are going to make it a priority and put the funding there that's required to hire and train the right number of staff, which, which by the way, peer specialists can be a part of this response as well. Although through the 988 system, they are all professionals that, that you will speak with. Um, but, but I just want to say that People with lived experience can also be be called upon and trained to be a really important part of what happens next in terms of a person's access to support and education and treatment and recovery. Can we speak a little bit to the stigma that still exists around mental health and how someone may feel? Well, if I call 988, I don't want the police to show up. I don't want to cause any trouble. I don't want to feel like I'm inconveniencing somebody a lot like what you would think if you reached out to a friend. Yes. So I think it is the extremely rare instance that a call to the lifeline or 988 now would result in in the police showing up. That is a rare event that is reserved for um, extreme situations where imminent risk to the person or others is, is determined to be the case. So, you know, in terms of stigma, I think one of the biggest concerns is who will find out? Where does this information go? Is it tracked? Will my employer know? Is my family going to know? And I think this is this is sort of a two level issue. On the one hand, stigma is reducing and we are aiming for a time and a world to live in where mental health is treated exactly like physical health is. So there still might be privacy concerns. We still have matters of you know private health. But that when it comes to receiving care and being able to get support from your community, your family members, treatment, that stigma should not be in the way of that. But I think the additional key piece, when you are the one who's struggling, your brain is playing tricks on you. You are not thinking as clearly as you do in your usual state of health. And so you are thinking, I'm weak, I'm going to get in trouble, you know, all these sort of extreme sort of, you know, always, never, uh, my life will be over, I won't be able to work, um, you know, really extreme and, and mostly very untrue beliefs will be going through a person's mind. And so I only point that out because you may be surprised if you're thinking, I can't call 988 or I can't seek mental health care because of whatever, what my family will think, what my colleagues will think. I just want to point out that most likely your own thought process may be the biggest barrier in the way. And you'll find out by just taking that step of calling how much help and relief and support is out there. And in the vast majority of cases, there's just no negative that comes from it. It's like, if you were having chest pain or you're having some other physical health problem, when you reach out for help, that's the start of treatment, recovery, support, and healing. And it's the same thing for mental health. And 988, the number is now live. And also the Suicide Prevention Lifeline number will still lie, it will still work. It'll still direct to that 1-800-273-TALK. So know that both of those numbers are now active and up and ready for you to use right now. Dr. Christine Moutier, the Chief Medical Officer for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, thank you so much for being part of our very important mental health, mental wellness initiative here at Odyssey. I'm listening. Talk really does have the power to save lives. We appreciate the work you do with us, with Odyssey, and all the work you do with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That's an Odyssey Mental Wellness Initiative on the new 988 number. You can call for any type of mental health or suicide-related crisis. Coming up next, we're heading to camp. Don't go away on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, you've heard us talk about Camp Archbald in Kingsley, and they are ready for the season. The campers have arrived. Camp Director Jamie Pahalski tells us what they have in store. Jamie, tell us about camp. You just opened up and 
Who's there? Uh, we have 110 campers here for the first week. Uh, we have a little over 110 campers coming for next week. So we are open for two weeks of resident camp. And we have some campers, some of our early campers are coming just for a couple days. We have some campers that are coming for the full two weeks. But we are very excited. It is an all-volunteer-run camp. So we've got some great staff, uh, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. I think the, the girls are going to have a fantastic time. Where are these girls from? So we have girls from uh, mostly northeastern Pennsylvania, but we have girls that come from down near Sunbury. We have girls from near Harrisburg. Um, I know we have a camper from all the way out to Erie that's coming this week. Uh, we also have several girls from out of state. We have a couple that are from New York, New Jersey, Delaware. We even have a few that drew, um, drove up from North Carolina to come to camp. Now, what can they expect during the time they're going to be enjoying Camp Archibald? Lots and lots of activities. Um, of course, mostly outdoor activities. Um, it's a beautiful camp. We have a a gorgeous lake, so we try to take advantage of that as much as we can. The girls get to go swimming every day. They get boating. Uh, we have kayaks. We have stand-up paddleboards. We have rowboats. So we take advantage of the lake as much as we can, but we also offer archery. Um, we have a 40-foot climbing tower with a zip line, which is a big favorite among the older kids. And then um, some normal camp stuff. We're, of course, going to do some cookouts, um, campfires, singing, games. Um, and just a variety of things. We have some specialty programs too. We have some girls that actually get to ride horses and we have a couple other programs that are doing some special trips. Uh, one is going to some state parks, hiking some of the trails. Uh, so it kind of really varies. Um, we've got a lot of different programs um, kind of geared towards the interests of different kids to kind of appeal to a, a wide range of, of Girl Scouts. Since you have two different weeks, are they two entirely different ways that the camp is going to be dealing with the, the girls? Or is it just that's the same thing? Or how does that work? So we have different different options each week. Um, some programs are actually two complete weeks. We have a counselor and training program for some of our oldest campers that are almost ready to be counselors. Um, and they stay for the two weeks. Um, the hiking program I mentioned, they're going to do a little practice this week. Next week, they're going to be um, going around to some state parks. So they'll be here for a solid two weeks. And some are just a one-week program. So the girls can either go home on the weekend or some choose to do two separate programs and they come back again on Sunday. Um, for instance, this week, there's a program that's uh, kind of geared towards Harry Potter. Um, they're doing a little bit of uh, witchcraft and wizardry and, and really going into um, some of the activities that um, are, are really popular with, with Harry Potter fans. Next week, we have some um, kids that are coming and we have a pioneer cooking program. We have a, um, an arts and crafts program. We have a, a, some, for some of the younger kids, there's a Disney program next, uh, next week. This week, we have a science program going on. We've got a lot of different programs. One of our special programs this week is for our youngest campers and they get to come um, just two nights, three days. We call it a taste of camp just to kind of get them a little used to um, some camp activities, being away from home. That's a special program that's only running this week. Uh, I was with those uh, 11 girls earlier and they're having an absolute blast. They're getting ready to go swimming shortly. So, so we kind of try to offer a lot of different programs each week to try to uh, just offer as many different experiences as we can get kids out in the um, outside enjoying camp and, and, and doing lots of fun activities. And those volunteers have it all down and they take care of everything. They must be amazing. Oh, I have a fantastic group of volunteers. And like I said, we are all volunteer run. I have volunteers that come up for a week. I have volunteers that come up for two weeks and they are just so gung-ho. They um, just love camp and just love being able to give girls um, these experiences. Um, and we really have a range of volunteers too. A couple of our volunteers were um, our counselors in training just a year or two ago. And now they are, you know, 18, 19, they're ready to come back and be counselors. Um, and we have some volunteers here that were campers 10, 20, 30 years ago. We have camper, um, some volunteers here that were campers back in the, back in the sixties. Um, and they just, they come back, they, they love camp and they really want to um, be able to give girls that, that opportunity. Yes, Camp Archibald's been around for quite a few years, and I'm sure that those campers that were there back then are saying, wow, look at the difference than what we had way back in the 60s. Oh, yes, yes. There are definitely some differences, but some traditions that we, we try to keep alive. I was, I was a camper myself and a counselor um, 
a few years ago. And uh, well, I'm really excited. I mentioned before we have a climbing tower. That was never around here when I was a kid. So a climbing tower and a zip line, that's something new. Um, but I remember as a kid, you know, going in the dining hall, singing songs, swimming in the lake. So, so some, some things are, you know, traditions that we, we definitely uh, uh, keep alive. And uh, also, you know, offering uh, some new new activities and, and new experiences for the girls. But yeah, camp has been around. We, we celebrated our 100th year um, just a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. We were actually the second oldest Girl Scout camp in the entire United States. So it's, it's awesome that we're able to, to keep these things going for, for the kids in this area. And why do I think you're already planning for next year? I, because I absolutely am. I, um, I, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year, but wheels are already turning in my mind. We already have ideas for next year. Um, I know that we've got dates picked out for our camp. This is our fifth year of uh, running um, this all-volunteer uh, resident camp. And um, I, I can't wait for, for year six. It's something I love. I love um, being able to do. And um, we will we'll definitely be here again next year. Excellent. Well, I'm sure that we're going to be hearing more from uh, the supporters of Camp Archbald and getting you ready for next year. Get out there. Enjoy, Jamie. It's You're so excited. I don't want to hold you back anymore. All right. Well, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks again to Jamie Pahalski, Camp Director of Camp Archbald in Kingsley, for bringing us to camp on Special Edition. Now I'll introduce you to automotive journalist and road trip enthusiast, Nick Miles. He's currently traveling with Mini Takes the States. The road rally traveled through our area earlier this week and wraps up this weekend in South Carolina. They're raising money for Best Friends Animal Society. And Nick also has tips on vacation destinations and how to travel with your pet. Let's start off talking about getting out this summer. I know that you are someone who knows all about traveling and automotive experts. So what should people do if they're thinking about traveling this summer? By car. Yeah, it's very different this summer than it has been in years gone by because the pandemic's changed a lot of things. Gas prices are up. And so I'm always recommending to people that apps are your best friend if you're going to travel this summer, especially apps that can tell you about gas prices. There's plenty of them out there like uh, Gas Buddy and AAA have apps. Everybody has apps. Take the app with you and don't stop at the first gas station on the way because you can find the less expensive of gas stations along your way, and it can save you hundreds of dollars on a road trip. That's one of the things that you should always have before you travel is the apps that tell you where to get better gas. And then packing your car before you leave, it used to be about just taking everything along the way, the water, the extra supplies. Now, I'm always telling people to pack lighter and pack like you're paying for your baggage on an airline. So instead of taking the full toothpaste, pack the travel size. Instead of taking the full mouthwash, pack the travel size. Pack like you're paying for your baggage because the extra weight of taking all that stuff costs you extra money when you're hauling all that stuff around. You want to take the smallest car in the family, not the biggest car in the family. Cost you more gas. Uh, the smaller car tends to cost you less money to get around and you want that extra money so you can go further. And then the next piece of information, which I will tell you, Paula, is probably the most important is you can usually find amazing places to go within 150 miles of your home. It doesn't mean traveling hundreds and hundreds of miles away from your home on a great road trip. It's always about finding stuff that's closer to your home, the national parks, the local state parks, some stuff within 150 miles of your home is amazing. And people are doing th those things with taking their pets instead of pet sitting them. So there's a lot of things that have changed because of the pandemic and people are doing differently in this year than they have in previous years. Let's talk about pets because I, for one, love to take my puppy with me wherever I go. And a lot of times people will say, oh, but that's so much trouble. It's so much work. But I have a feeling, Nick, that you're going to tell me it's not. It isn't so much work. You're right, Paula. It isn't so much work. The other thing is, too, uh, the first thing I miss when I'm on the road is my dogs. I've got five dogs, and I really do miss them every time I'm out on the road. That is my life, uh, traveling. And I get to sleep at night if I'm going from city to city in a hotel, and I climb into bed, and I'm thinking, where are they? 
You know, I love having them on the bed. I love them being with me. And if I'm doing a road trip, uh, I take my dogs with me. But there's certain things that are really, really important. We know them in our hearts, too. You never leave your dog in the car, ever, ever, ever. There's no exceptions to that rule. Uh, the Even if you leave windows cracked, it's not acceptable to leave your dog in the car under any circumstances whatsoever, unless there's a human being and the car's running, just, just purely because it's just not safe. Um, the car can be 30 degrees different temperature to the inside at, from the ears from the outside. And that can, uh, unfortunately kill an animal very, very quickly. So we don't ever leave our dogs inside the car. The other thing is never leave your animal unsecured in a vehicle because not only is it dangerous for the animal, but it's dangerous for the other people in a vehicle. Uh, at the minimum, we should have a harness on them and have that harness secured because you break suddenly and that dog goes flying and can hurt us and uh, other people in the vehicle, but also hurt the animal. And the one thing that people don't think about is that what's the first thing that a, a police officer or a fireman or a paramedic will do when they come to the scene of us, even in a minor accident, where we bumped the vehicle in front is they're going to open our car door and a frightened dog inside a car, uh, as soon as the door is open, they're going to run. And then they don't only become a hazard for themselves, but they become a hazard for other drivers. So a secured dog in a kennel or a secured with a harness in a seat is a much safer dog. And they really enjoy road trips. If you've ever seen those ears flapping in the wind, and uh, that face flapping in the wind when the window is open, it's one of the best feelings ever to see your dog on the road. Uh, important things when you take your dog on the road is two things to take with you, Paula, and that is, of course, water, because they need to drink, and you need to stop regularly for them to use the bathroom. But the other thing is a pumice stone, and you ask, why should you take a pumice stone? Well, that is the magic, magic thing to get hair off of the carpet in the back. You rub a pumice stone up and down the carpet, and it takes up dog hair like magician's wands. Yes, it's your Harry Potter wand is that pumice stone to take the hair off the, the carpet in the back of the car. I never knew that. Thank yeah. you. That That's a great <laughs> tip. And again, while we're talking about pets, one of the other things is... Oh my, who's yelling in the background there? <laughs> that's, uh, that's because we're at the Pocono Raceway and we're at the, uh, the launch of today's Mini Takes the States, which is uh, the U.S.'s biggest road trip, and all the Mini people are getting ready to drive off, and so they're, they're pretty excited today. Okay, I want to get back to that in one second, but first, getting back to traveling with our pets. When you are traveling, your pets should also be prepared to be good citizens and pet owners should be prepared to be good pet owners when it comes to that, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, yeah. You've got to do things like have a leash and pick up after your pets and all those sort of things, but that just doesn't just go for the road trip. That goes for every single day. And uh, you have to control your pets. You have to make sure you pick up after your pets, and you have to make sure that uh, you're very democratic when you take your pet anywhere. Uh, make sure that you go places where the pet is welcome and they're always looked after and controlled. Um, that's just manners. Um, and you should do that every day of the week, if you're on a road trip or if you're not on a road trip. So one of the biggest uh, road trips in the world, if not the biggest road trip in the world, it's uh, Mini Takes the States. It's, uh, it's supposed to happen every two years. Unfortunately, the pandemic got in the way, but it's underway now. It goes from Burlington, Vermont this year, all the way to Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina. And it's Mini owners who are not normal, uh, as they like to tell me every day. And I've, uh, I've owned two Minis so far. Um, they're driving down on like the biggest road trip uh, just to celebrate road trips, um, and they get together every day and drive, and people join uh, sometimes for a couple of days. Some people go all the way, um, and they drive down. They're raising uh, money for pets, as it happens, for the Best Friends Society, uh, who are a no-kill animal society to try and save them all. Uh, those homeless pets, uh, hundreds of thousands of homeless pets around the country, we're just uh, raising money. So far in two days, $11,000 we managed to raise. There's going to be about 3,000 mini owners uh, getting together to do this trip. 
um, on and off. 19 people, I think, have done it uh, every single year. And there's about 800 people going all the way. You can actually go to the uh, Mini Takes the States website and uh, look at, uh, get all the information about it and also the fundraising information. And you can join anytime you want. Uh, all the information's there at the website. It's uh, Honestly, it's an amazing, fun event. They have bands, live music. They have dogs doing tricks. Uh, they have loads of fun stuff happening here every day. It ends up in uh, Greenville, Spanberg. Uh, and Mini do so much fun stuff. They reveal new cars. They reveal new trim levels. They reveal all stuff every day. They do prizes. I mean, if you're if you're any kind of crazy fan of cars, this is the place to come down. And then uh, it's it's sort of the American road trip rolled into sort of car fanatics. The whole thing in one. And by the way. If you see a Mini, you have to wave. It's like the lore, I believe. That's automotive journalist and road trip enthusiast Nick Miles currently traveling with Mini Takes the States, the road rally wrapping up this weekend in South Carolina. Now, don't go away. Coming up next on Special Edition, the deadline to sign up for Pennsylvania State Police Troop in Law and Leadership Academy is quickly approaching. We'll have Master Trooper David Peters here with details on the program and how you can get involved. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Next on Special Edition, the deadline to sign up for Pennsylvania State Police Troop in Law and Leadership Academy is July 31st. Pennsylvania State Police Master Trooper David Peters is here, and he has details on the program and how you can get involved. The program will be happening in August. Trooper Peters, let's have you explain a little bit to our listeners today exactly what is the Pennsylvania State Police Troop In Law and Leadership Academy. It's a program we designed um, uh, myself and uh, some of the recruiters to sort of look at a program that would exist for older individuals that are seeking career in law enforcement. Sort of look back and realize that Really, after the age of Camp Cadet, at the latest 15, there really wasn't any program out there to keep individuals interested or to um, you know keep them focused as to you know maybe what they should be doing, what they should be looking for college classes. So, in development, we also kind of met with academy staff and discussed what are some of the reasons future cadets who get into the academy why do they quit. 
Um, some of it was they're not prepared, maybe mentally. They're not used to that, uh, maybe someone yelling at them um, or understanding the extensive, extensive scrutiny that they're under, the paying attention to detail, that, that mental fortitude that you need uh, in this job to deal with other um, adversities as well as your own. Um, so in developing the program, that's kind of where we went with it. Um, we wanted to try to create it like an academy life, you know, as much as we possibly could. I mean, you can never um, truly mimic that experience for six months. But what can we give to them that would better prepare with, you know, kind of with that big thought in the back of our head since I've been around for a little while? You know, what did I wish I knew then um, that I could prep them for now? So in doing it, we we put it together um, that they they had to meet our physical standards uh, to to get in. Uh, they have to do them to graduate as well, which keeps them in that physical fitness sense. Um, they're not going to go there unprepared physically to take the physical fitness test. Um, and along the way, give them some of that stress and time management skills that are so desperately needed when you're in the academy because it's a constant, a constant day. And then we developed a curriculum using academy learning. Um, so they get training the de-escalation, response to mental health, to child abuse, human trafficking. Uh, crime scene, traffic stops. I want to call them watered down. That's not really the word. They're just time constricted. I mean, they may get, you know, 60 hours of de-escalation training in the academy. For us, um, it might only be like six hours. But they get an understanding of what it is. Um, So if they're fortunate enough to, you know, get through the process and get to our academy, they have a basic understanding of what's being spoken to them or taught to them then. Um, They can only develop and, and learn more from that aspect. So before someone gets even to that point, are there certain requirements that a person would have to have in order to even be considered for anything such as the law enforcement that you're talking about? Well, our standards uh, requirements, I should say, to uh, get into our academy is that to start the testing process, you have to be at least 20 years of age and have 30 college credits. Those credits can be in anything. Uh, obviously, there's changes if you have four years military, then the 60 college credits are waived. Um, if you have less than four, you only get a 30 credit waiver. And the reason they start letting them begin the process at 20 is because it usually takes anywhere between nine and you know 12 months uh, to get through the whole testing process of written, oral, physical, background, all that to ensure that you know we are getting the best individuals for this job. So for us, we start at 19 because they're close to the process. And the age, we really don't have a top-out age because um, what we've learned is, you know, you might have some people that have gone to the military for four years and have come back and decided to still go to school. Um, so you might have someone who's 22, 23. Um, so we kind of look at them uh, from the applications as to who's closest to the process for us. To somebody, are they 21 and have 60 college credits? You know, they would, they'd be in that upper, upper tier for us because they're the closest to the process. Because that's the other aspect of this program is, you know, all the Northeast recruiters are a part of it. So you're getting that one-on-one with the recruiter. You're understanding the testing process uh, even more so on, um, you know, what, you know, what the written is like. Um, so you get those past experiences from individuals working as counselors there. Um, and we and we sort of mentor them along. I mean, we, we want to see them succeed. It's a volunteer program. So to put yourself through something that starts in April and goes two days a week, one Saturday a month, all the way to August, you know, it's very, you know, you're committed. And, and, and we want to, I don't think reward you is the way, the right word, but, you know, we want to see you succeed if that's what your goal is, is to become a law enforcement officer. When you're talking about that, you mentioned education and it didn't, necessarily have to be that it could be in any kind of educational uh, pursuit. So you don't necessarily have to go in with a any kind of law enforcement? No, it could be, it, you can have your credits in anything. I mean, we, we've had troopers that have accounting degrees, um, had troopers that are have an engineering degree. Um, in some cases, you know, having a different career and maybe taking just law enforcement electives uh, might be beneficial to someone in case, you know, you change your mind. Uh, I can use an example. We had a young man go through the program who was kind of majoring in education and kind of, you know, still had 
some aspects of wanting to go into law enforcement. You know, came through the program, did did very well in the program, but ultimately made a decision that he wanted to go back to education at this time. So, you know, we do have people that are teachers, people that are aspiring to be lawyers, which, I mean, it's somewhat in, in, in a criminal justice, you know, law mentality, but in a different direction. So, you know, we get all different individuals that come on to our job for whatever their personal reasons are outside of a criminal justice degree. You also mentioned in the very beginning that you yourself thought back, well, what would I have liked to have known? And when you look at the different things that you're dealing with now, what kind of things crossed your mind? I know some of the things that we all think about troopers driving a car, uh, responding to accident scenes, knowing how to use a weapon, those type of things. But it's not all just that, correct? No, I mean, it, it's not. I mean, the education to learn the laws and, and, and rules of criminal procedure and those things, you know, they're taught to you. And, and I think unless you were a police officer prior to coming on, you know, to a state job, you don't have any uh, knowledge of them per se on the, on the um, day-to-day aspects of it. You, you learn a lot about yourself. You most of the time respond to somebody having maybe the, the worst day of their lives. Um, so it's a lot about humility. I mean, putting yourself in a situation and trying to understand. I mean, you do have a job to do. Um, so carrying that professionalism with you, learning how to to speak to to people, so they understand what you're trying to uh, assist them with is one thing. I mean, for for me, it it was eye opening experience of the just the the time management. You know, your day at the academy. You know, you're up at four o'clock in the morning, get yourself ready so you have a morning run. And from that moment, you go all the way till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, uh, whether you're, if you're not in a class, but you're, you know, you've you got to keep your room you know, tip top shape, keep all your leather gear shined up and, and look professional because that's how people see you out in the public. They expect you to be in a professional manner. And if you look the part, that's what you're representing. You're representing them because that's what you're there to do to, to help them. So, you know, there's a little thing, the little things you learn um, mentally and physically about yourself. And and again, we're, we're people too. So, you know, how do you handle your emotions? Uh, you know, what a personal situation in your life, it's, it's a constant balance of, you know, not bringing work home and home to work. So you could be the best person that the community expects you to be. And again, when we talk about Pennsylvania State Police, going through this leadership academy would get you more prepared for what you are expecting when you get into the academy. But there's also so much more once you go through and you're graduated from the academy than just what a lot of us see as Pennsylvania State Police driving the highways and byways of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, every yeah, every day is, is a, a new experience. You know, it's not you can go from a, a traffic accident to a, a robbery or a crime in progress. You know, it's, there's a constant aspect of back and forth, and it's you know, everybody sees somebody on the side of the road writing a ticket or you know, you know, providing someone a citation for uh, a traffic violation. But you know, don't realize is you know you're standing on the side of the road and. You know, people are whizzing, you know, driving by you so fast, that, you know, and, and you hope that they're paying attention because, you know, one slight move can obviously put your life in danger on the side of the road as well, as well as the individual that you have stopped. So, you know, this program just gives you that, that real good insight, you know, and, and one of the major aspects of the program is they literally get to go to the State Police Academy for 48 hours and they are treated like an incoming cadet. So they get a little a little taste of what it may be like. And when I stress little, it's, it's, it's little because um, 48 hours is a, a really small part of six months of being able to, you know, make your runs. I mean, those runs are timed. You need to make them. So, you know, it, if, if you've never been away from home and you've never really maybe had major uh, time management uh, aspects of your life and stress, you know, sometimes that builds on people when they're there at the academy, not being able to maybe come home because they didn't pass an inspection or they didn't make their runs and they're they're not doing very well academically. They might be, 
you know, they might have to stay on their weekend liberty, work on those things. So that that can weigh on people not being able to see uh, their family, friends. So that you know, that's one of the aspects. Sometimes people leave our our academies because of, because of those you know, psychological things that it takes to you know have the fortitude to do this job. So we try to help them. And of course, there's also once you do get through the academy, there's so much more out there that may be available to a person. As you mentioned, the uh, person who was involved with education wanting to get back with education, but that kind of a background could lead you to uh, become a school resource officer or so many other things. Yeah, I mean, that's an actually interesting point. I mean, I've, I've been on this job a uh, little over 24 years, and um, I didn't have an education background, um, but I've, you know, had... Many aspects of, you know, being a local uh, athletics coach and, and being around youth and multiple speech classes and things like that in my own personal life. So public speaking was not an issue for me, really. I mean, a lot of people sometimes fear it. I didn't so much have a problem with it. Um, and when the state police literally had an SRO program, I spent six years of my career um, as an SRO. Um, and, and you learn a lot when you have the opportunity to uh, interact with youth and uh, just different professions along the way and, and sort of begin to understand how maybe they look at things. Um, and when you come on our job, you know, maybe have an education background, having a, an engineering background or to say a math background, cause it's the easiest thing to transition to, you know, we have jobs in the state police that are accident reconstructionists, you know, so that math comes into play. If you have an engineering degree, that would come into play. Myself, I have a community background, so, you know, I, I also an instructor for CPR. I'm a training education officer. So being able to instruct our members on whatever the department needs to do in that regard is beneficial to have some type of background, education, setting up lesson plans. They also help you with your time management. Saying that, you know, a teacher's job is, is, is very busy during the day with class prep and keeping track of students. So, you know, you're, you're constantly in that time management of prioritizing where your time needs to be so that everybody at the end can benefit from um, what you're trying to get across. And of course, we can't forget about those folks who like computers. There's all yeah. kinds of computer stuff. Oh, yes. We, we have, you know, we have our own computer crimes unit, um, cybersecurity, things like that. I mean, obviously, in today's day and age, is much bigger than when I came on the job moons ago. Um, you know, it's everybody's at their fingertips. Everybody has a phone. Um, technology has has taken over and definitely has its uh, pluses, but, you know, it does have its minuses as well with, you know, people preying on individuals through social media and other aspects. So, it, I, I mean, I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but, you know, we have oh, hundreds of different aspects of jobs within the state police that a young trooper after, you know, after three years on the job um, can, can move into if there's something that they wanted to like really pique their interest. All right. A lot of individuals. So if someone is listening to this and they're saying, you know, I'm eh, kind of on the edge here. So they want to get involved in the law and leadership Academy. How do they go about doing it? Who's eligible and how do they get in touch with you? Well, right now we're looking for anybody over the age of 18. So we're looking for somebody who's graduated high school and is enrolled in college. They could be in a vocational law enforcement program, a vocational school, just basically an accredited institution for, for whatever major. They can contact me. My email is dapeters at pa.gov. They have questions about the program. Um, we're we're kind of getting it out there to all the local colleges as well to be able to get in classrooms and present on it to provide them with the program details. The, the details themselves are self-explanatory. We, I try to put it together so it's, you know, you really get an idea of what it, the program is and what we expect of you. But, you know, or they can call me uh, here at the Troop and Hazleton headquarters, um, and I'd be more than welcome to explain the program to them, and, and hopefully uh, it's in, of interest to them. And I have to say, I checked out the website, patrooper.com. Great information there. All kinds of wonderful information. Yeah, I mean, if they choose to go on the site because they're interested in, in the recruiting aspect of signing up for a job, if they, they look at the recruiters in the Northeast, any one of them can also explain the, the program details along leadership because they are very much a part of the program as I am. Master Trooper Peters, how long have you been involved in all of this? 
<laughs> well, this is uh, this is our second year running this program. Um, so we came up with it last year, and we we hope that it continues. And you know, we had a successful year last year. We had 17 individuals that uh, part, uh, participated in the program, 10 of which were eligible to take our test. They passed the written. They moved on to the orals, and I think currently, right now, nine of them have have moved for, forward into the polygraph and background stage. So, you know, we're hopeful for those individuals to um, achieve their goal of becoming a trooper. And uh, we look forward to the, the next group of individuals who uh, sign up this year. Thanks again to Master Trooper David Peters from Troop in Hazleton on the Law and Leadership Academy. And if you would like to contact him, you can email dapeters at pa.gov or Go to patrooper.com. And our first segment today, in case you missed it, was about the new designated three-digit dialing number, 988. That is the new suicide hotline, 988, and it is going into effect on Saturday, July 16th. That new 988 number is to call for help for any type of mental health or suicide-related crisis. And that is special edition for this week. A big thanks to all of the guests who joined me today on special edition, and thank you for joining me as well. I'm Paula Dagnan. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.